We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official pod of BoomtownHoops.com. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob. I've got along with me Justin. Hello, everybody. We've got Taylor. I'm back. And we've got special guest joining us tonight, friend of the pod and Blue Wire family member, Mike Vigil, co-host of the Timeline Podcast. He's here to talk Phoenix Suns basketball and some OKC Suns trades. You can follow Mike on Yeah, he you can follow Mike <laughs> on Twitter. He is at Protected Pick. And his podcast, The Timeline, is on Twitter at the Timeline Pod. And everywhere you can find podcasts at Mike, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm excited to be here with you guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. We are super excited to have you here. Hey, I was thinking of this as our intro was playing. Our intro includes uh, the one and the mm. only, the, the myth, the legend, the Lou Tang clan himself, <laughs> Lou Dort. 
As somebody who is from Arizona and probably familiar with Lou from his college days, will you just justify how much we love Lou Dort real quick? <laughs> oh, I mean, how could you not? After the performance in, in the bubble, how could you not? I mean, I think it's a fascinating thing that he wasn't drafted at all. And I know we talked a little bit about it when you joined us on our podcast that maybe there was some chicanery there and the reason he wasn't drafted in the second round. But I remember the first time I saw him in person going to an ASU game, I just said, well, that's an NBA player. I mean, just look at his body. That, that's <laughs> yeah, right, an right. NBA player. <laughs> so, you know, I loved him, and I'm glad he did so well. I, I, I'll be honest. I mean, how could you predict him being this good at defense or this effective right. in the NBA at this level? I mean, I, I wouldn't have predicted that. Uh, but he's an easy guy to root for. He's one of those try-hard guys. And in the NBA, those guys are fun, like P.J. Tucker-type guys. True. It's a good yeah, point. And, and, you know, he 30-pieced the Rockets in game yeah. seven, which just makes it that much easier to love him. Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, who doesn't love that? Oh, man. I already miss Lou Dort. It's only been like two weeks without Thunder basketball, and I miss that man. Mike, funny story. I don't know if I told you this on, on the timeline pod whenever I came on with you, but we made Lou Tang Clan t-shirts, oh. and we offered one to Lou Dort, and, <laughs> and he DM'd us and told us to send it to the Thunder practice facility. <laughs> and he sent us the address, and we were like, all right, well, what awesome. size? Yeah. He told us he wears a medium. <laughs> He's one of those guys. He, he 100% <laughs> never wore that shirt. He yes. gave that it was to for like, his, like, a girlfriend. friend or a nephew <laughs> right, or right. something like that. Oh, man. I mean, look, I've never been like uber athletic, uh, but if I was – I'd probably wear pretty tight t-shirts. I mean, if you got Lou Dort's muscles, you're probably a medium yeah, on Lou Dort. I might be a schmeam. <laughs> yeah, barely yeah. covers his his pecs, man. Like that dude, Ezekiel he, Elliott type. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, right. maybe man. that's what he was going for. Yeah, he wore I would like a pick. Field. I'm just saying. Oh <laughs> man, I miss Lou Dort. All right, well, Mike, let's uh, let's dive into some Phoenix talk here. Okay. Uh, we we got to get the the rundown on the Phoenix Suns before we get into some of these trade talks with you. So okay, I I, start hold off. on. I got to be honest though. So we had Mike and Sam on to preview the Phoenix Suns for our uh, mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. like bubble preview series, and it was just kind of like you know we're just excited we're here. Uh, it's gonna be a, I think it's gonna be fun, just great experience for our young guys. And then you know once it was over, I felt absolutely terrible because I felt like I jinxed Ober Junior because it was announced <laughs> like shortly after. I was like, guys, I'm so sorry, but this pod is you you guys aren't scheduled for another two weeks i did this way too early something terrible is gonna happen and then kelly goes <laughs> and like tears his acl or i mean what was it well he was it. injured already but oh, okay fair it, it was long but we enough felt that like he was coming there back. was an assumption yeah. that he was coming back and right after we recorded of course with and we did cover that maybe he wouldn't come back but we kind of assumed that he would uh, <laughs> but right after we recorded of course is when they announced that he when they announced it so i felt like i jinxed i jinxed you guys <laughs> But I now mean, here we are, and to your to your question, Jacob, for you, Mike, how does it feel to have like the best team in the Western Conference? <laughs> <laughs> and hey, when, before you answer that, you you hyped up Lou Dort to us. Just let me tell you, and I think I speak for all of us at the Uncontested. I would consider donating a testicle to get Mikel Bridges on this team. <laughs> <laughs> that dude I, can flat I would out also hoop. donate one of your testicles. To <laughs> there hey, you go. There you go. Hey, I'm just saying. <laughs> This is like getting paid to get a vasectomy, all right? <laughs> <laughs> he had an awesome bubble. I mean, so I, but, but how are Suns fans feeling after after the eight games in the bubble where the Suns just took the league by storm? I don't remember Suns fans being this cocky and confident uh, since 
I, I'm probably the 48-win Eric Bledsoe, Goran Dragic team that barely missed the playoffs. And 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 fair, I, you know that's fair because in, in eight eight winning eight wins in a row, that was the first time that happened since Steve Nash was on the Suns. So wow. holy crap, that's wow. a pretty big achievement for a team that was sort of floundering for very long. And I think it's a specific thing with with Suns fans where. Devin Booker is such a lightning rod, and I think that's going away a little bit. But Devin Booker has been in his career so much of a lightning rod where people like to use him as an example of what they considered empty stats. And often a lot of those guys, blog boys uh, like us, uh, if you will, uh, don't ever really give the full context of who Devin Booker is and what his career has been like five different head coaches in five years, uh, 69 different teammates in his time with the Suns, And this is in five nice. years, no continuity, no real point guard, uh, except for Eric Bledsoe, who immediately asked out and now Ricky Rubio and finally surround him with an actual competent team. And then of course he contributes to winning because that's what good players do. So I think for Suns fans, it there's like a, a feeling of vindication that really only comes from W's like that that really doesn't come any other way because mm. you know even even scoring 70 points at 20 years old is not enough to prove that a player is good to a lot of people it only comes with winning and I think there's like this freeing feeling uh when you see them actually winning some games and it's you know it's, it's a momentum thing they have to take it into next season for it to last but uh, it's it's not the worst way to miss the playoffs I guess <laughs> fair yeah that no that's very true and you, you mentioned you know, book scoring 70 at the age of 20. I feel like that kid is perpetually 21. He's been 21 for like the past five years. It's wild. I feel like he's been in the league for five years. Like 23 years old. That's wild. 18 when he was drafted, 17 when he started uh, playing in Kentucky because he was one of those guys that was just 17. Okay. Yeah. Just insane. Insane. Um, a little bit of Phoenix news uh, kind of relates to Thunder news as well as uh, Ryakovich, yeah. um, former Thunder right. uh, G League coach and assistant, came over to F- uh, Phoenix with Monty Williams, uh, who I absolutely love, mm-hmm. uh, has now departed the team. Uh, any strong feelings either way about that and any idea on who they might bring in as a replacement assistant? Uh, yeah, so supposedly it's, uh, they have hired one more coach, Brian Randall, from uh, the Timberwolves, and he was like a player development coach, very popular with the Timberwolves organization. But uh, Rayakovich, I do want to talk about him. He, I really liked him. Now, Sam and I just talked about this on our podcast. It's difficult, as you guys know, to gauge the importance of individual assistant coaches without right. being in the locker room. Uh, right. You know, we're not... Uh, trying to be any sort of credentialed media. We sort of like our ability to stand outside of that and say whatever we want. Uh, (laughs) But it also, it comes with some drawbacks, like understanding the individual importance of guys like Ryakovich. But from what I understand, Ryakovich was big in implementing what they call the 0.5 system of offense in Phoenix, which is pass, shoot, or drive within 0.5, half a second of catching the ball. And the Suns led the league in assists this year so that's something that actually worked relatively well he's also somebody that was credited with helping to fix Mikhail Bridges's shot uh Mikhail Bridges shot 40 over 40 percent from the three-point line in college came to the NBA and immediately developed a hitch my theory is that 
it was because he was drafted to Philadelphia and then traded to the Suns, and they, for some reason, mess up people's jump shots. I remember uh, you saying that, and that's like <laughs> such a great theory. That's so yeah. spot on. <laughs> so Ryakovic was also credited uh, with helping him fix that shot. It's something that towards the end of the season he was shooting a lot smoother. Uh, the hitch was basically gone. Uh, and also, I think you guys should check out, now that he's on your staff, there's there's this podcast. I think it's just called The Basketball Podcast. If you just search Ryakovich's name in the podcast app, you'll find a podcast that has like an hour-long interview with uh, with Ryakovich talking about the Suns and, and, and what it was like coaching the Suns this season. It gives you a lot of insight into what kind of person he is. And he's really smart. He's a good basketball coach, and I think he's definitely going to contribute to any team that he's coaching on. He also was a guy that Dario Saric in the bubble started playing backup five, something that I had been begging for all season, so I was very happy about it. And the playmaking ability of a five like that, as we've seen in the bubble now with a guy like Jokic, who's the, the greatest at it, uh, even Bam Adebayo with, with Miami Heat, when you have a, a five that can be a playmaker, it makes a big difference, and Ryakovich took a lot of credit for that too. So he's one of those assistant coaches where although it's hard to gauge the importance, he seems like an important guy. I was disappointed that, that he was gone. And I think you guys should be happy that uh, he's going to be there. Or, or, or I guess he's going to Memphis, he's going right? To Memphis. Yeah, yeah, he's going to Memphis. Yeah, he left us. Oh, he started there. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So he was know, actually someone that Taylor and I talked about as a possible head coaching candidate yeah. for yeah. the Thunder. Yeah. You know, I, that, that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really difficult for foreign-born coaches to be uh, hired uh, as head coaches in the NBA, but I think he's the type of guy that if you had to make a bet on it, uh, he'd, he'd be one. And, uh, yeah, it's funny that they, that they must have coached together in OKC. I never That's even considered that, Monty and Ryokovic. Right, but, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, Monty, and uh, Mark Bryant, Mark Bryant, the big man yep. coach. Yep. That's right. Love Mark That's also. Right. Yep. Yeah, all, yeah all that's the guy working with Aiton. Yeah, oh, all, yep. all, all those guys, uh, Oklahoma City guys, former Oklahoma City guys. Well, thank uh, spe- you for them. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking Especially of, Monty. Yeah, dude, Monty's incredible. Um, he's the man. You know, feels so awful for him and, and what happened yeah. with his family here in Oklahoma City, but he's an incredible just human being. Yeah. Um, but speaking of big men, uh, Aaron Baines, Dario Saric, and then not a big man, but uh, Javon Carter, all free agents for the Suns right. this, this, I was going to say this summer, this offseason, this off-season. This, right. whenever yeah, the hell it happens. Right. <laughs> Uh, what's the expectation with those guys? Are they coming back? Do you think they're they're going to explore their options elsewhere? So uh, I love Javon Carter. I just want to start say by saying that uh, I think he's one of those guys that he's not going to make a lot of money. So if you can bring him back, you should. Uh, Aaron Baines is one of those guys that fits on every contender, and mm-hmm. the Suns were lucky enough to trade for him. That's that's why they were able to get um, Aaron Baines. It was a future Milwaukee pick that they traded for the Boston pick and. Aaron Baines and that's where they took Ty Jerome and that's why he was able to play on the Suns and I really obviously he was great you know DeAndre Ayton was suspended for 25 games and before Aaron Baines was hurt he was carrying that team they started the season seven and four they looked good Baines got hurt somewhere in the middle of all that and it all kind of went downhill for a while excellent excellent player I think that he's not going to come back to the Suns. I have a feeling it's not that I wouldn't want him to. I think he, he had a good impact on Deandre and just playing against a guy like that every day in practice, learning how to screen from a guy who's like an expert moving screener. (laughs) That's an important (laughs) skill to learn. Uh, But I wouldn't be surprised if he was gone. Dario Saric, I think is, is the interesting one. He basically every stop he's been at, he's had trouble finding the right role. And I think, 
for me, the, what I talked about all season on our podcast is I think he's miscast as a power forward. I think the way the league is moving, mm. he's more of a center and you have to play him at center. He's, he's not mobile enough to play a forward position at this point. And the type of playmaking that he provides is such a plus at center, not necessarily as much at forward. He found a role at backup center for the team. It's just it's hard to look at the market and figure out if anywhere in the league he would start. So when we look at the market and say maybe he wouldn't start, maybe he would be willing to come back on the, to the Suns as a backup center. Maybe not, but I had I have a feeling he's likely gone to, especially now that Darko Ryakovich is gone, because they seem to have a good uh, good relationship. But but it wouldn't surprise me if all three of those guys were no longer on the team. Interesting. Um, along the same line, Suns are going to have 20 million plus in cap space this summer. Yeah. What position do you think they are going to target to uh, to spend that money on? And any, I know you guys have been doing YouTube videos of. Um, mm-hmm. kind of different players and how they fit with the Suns and just their their overall value. Any guys that you like in this free agent class for the Suns to go out and target? Uh, so just to just to be clear on that cap space, that would include waiving the cap hold on all three of those guys that you just mentioned. So yes, yes. in order to create that cap space, we're just going to assume all of those guys are gone. One of the biggest issues with the Suns this uh, year, this season, this previous season, was the backup guard position, point guard position, and and to be honest, shooting guard either. There really was no consistent backup guard for the Suns. You draft a guy like Ty Jerome who's older, he's 21. He, you expect that hopefully he can contribute in his rookie year. He couldn't. He just couldn't, and that's okay. And Javon Carter, for all he can do on defense, is not a shot creator at all. He can't create yep. for himself or others. I mean, he can he can lock a guy down if you need him to, and that's great. But what the Suns need is a consistent shot creator off the bench and I think that's the most important thing and even in there's some scenarios where you look at a guy like Fred Van Bleet and you say well he's a free agent if he's if Ricky Rubio who only played 26 minutes per game in the bubble is willing to come off the bench then you can start a guy like Fred mm-hmm. Van Bleet and then you True. solve both of those problems that's interesting yep yeah he's a 26 year old too and you know Devin Booker only 23 as we're talking about how young he is you can pair a guy like Fred Van Vliet and Devin Booker up for the long haul and Ricky Rubio, who's going to be turning 30 next year. Maybe he's more of a backup point yeah. guard now. He was very good this season. And I'm not saying that he's, you know, destined to be a backup. He's good enough to start right now, but playing I mean, all three you guys together know, and, and have multiple ball hands. It's not just yeah. like, okay, see, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> as I can say, as you guys know, having a starting quality backup point guard is a pretty yep. valuable thing in today's NBA. So that that's something I to me another shot creator is the is the biggest thing. And as I watch the playoffs, uh another guy who can play off ball too next to Devin Booker and still be able to create as well uh would be ideal cuz Ricky Rubio shot 41% on catch and shoot threes this last year, highest of his career. Wow, yeah. But still has no gravity because it's a slow shot and people would rather him shoot than anyone else on the team. Right. So, you know, somebody that can move off the ball and shoot off of movement, I think would be ideal as well. There's there's some guys, Fred Van Vliet, obviously that, that's like the high end that would be waving all your cap holds and just crossing your fingers and hoping he's not maxed by the Knicks or something. Right. Uh, that's a good point. <laughs> you know, and but there's, there's, there's cheaper guys. Like we talked about Alec Burks recently. I think Alec Burks is an interesting mm-hmm. option because, you know, he seems like in your mind, he seems like he's like 25, but he's actually 30 or, or will be turning 30 soon. And he's found the right rhythm 
he actually shoots better, interestingly, on pull-up threes than catch-and-shoots, but like he can create for himself. And, you know, that's not an option that in, would improve the starting lineup, like a Fred Van Vliet option, but it would drastically in, improve the bench for yeah, the Suns. Yeah, he been scoring, absolutely. Yeah, and the Suns actually had, of all lineups that played over 200 minutes, the Suns had the best lineup in net rating in the NBA. That's how bad the bench was. Uh, <laughs> you know, right. The bench was really bad. And, you know, DeAndre Ayton missing 25 games obviously makes a big difference there as well. But improving the backup uh, guard position would have a massive impact on the Suns where a lot of people would probably look at the team and not realize that. Uh, hmm. So, you know, I think that's a huge, huge thing. And, you know, there's other things too. Like I personally am a huge fan of the two forwards starting, something Taylor we talked about uh, right. when we joined you guys. But, you know, there's other there's Christian Wood. The Suns can look at Christian Wood. Uh, Davis Bertans, if you really want to go all in on a shooting lineup with Devin Booker That's, and DeAndre Ayton. It's kind of fun. Yeah, That's it's a really fun, fun idea. Um, I just think... One guy uh, that, that Jacob and I mentioned, and we're tweeting at Sam the other night, uh, your co-host, Mike, mm-hmm. is uh, Jeremy Grant. Oh, Hop man, we love be. Jeremy Grant. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, man. He, he, yeah, he can... <laughs> He just doesn't rebound, though. It's so weird. Yeah, it is No, weird. trust it's me, we know weird. that. Yeah. It's, it's just bizarre. <laughs> like, he had an entire playoff game where he played, like, 40 minutes and zero rebounds. Yeah, it's, it's so weird. But he'll have, yeah. like, five blocks or something. Like, and it's just so it's athletic and good at cutting, too, which is, like, a, almost like a similar thing to, to get a rebound as it is to cut. So right. it's just a bizarre thing with him. So, you know, still would be a great addition. It's just... There's a balance there with the wings, and I have a feeling when we talk about uh, trades, I'm going to get a little more into what those wings uh, mean to me. But <laughs> <laughs> for sure, so it's, you know. Well, and earlier you mentioned, you know, that that Devin Booker hasn't had like a, a real point guard on his team. Well, trust me, Mike, we're going to talk about Devin, getting Devin Booker a real point guard. All right, we'll have yeah. that conversation. Don't yeah, don't worry about that. We can have two, two. If you want. right? Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> Awesome. Well, let's dive into some of those trades. But before we do, let's take a quick moment and tell our listeners about some of our sponsors for the week. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it, and fast. Try out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best available best available offer, so make sure you hit it up. Again, go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and additions comply, and offer is only valid through September 30th. The wait is finally over. Football is back. I know our guy Mike is excited to watch Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, yeah. And even though he might not be at the game this year, he can still be in on the action at BetOnline, and so can you. 
BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. You know, Taylor just mentioned that. Kyler Murray might be the, the best athlete of Arizona sports. Mm. Is that is that a hot mm. take? No, I don't think so. That's, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, Hopkins is a freak. but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true, too. That's true, too. It's probably I mean, it, I'd have a blast watching, uh, watching Booker play. Kyler went receiver, first but. round in two separate drafts. That's a good point. Yeah, that's, that's a really true. good point. I mean, I, is the only, only other person to do that was Bo Jackson. Is that right? Well, here's what I'll say. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is seven feet and has a 43-inch vertical. So That's also I mean, pretty how good. many guys can That's do wild. that? That's wild. It's really bizarre. I mean, he looks like a 35-year-old, and he's only 21, so he's got that man body. But yeah, it's probably between, between those guys. I mean, I think Kyler Murray could probably go light up the G League right now if you just dropped him in there. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> that guy, he is – his – like second gear is so damn fast, it's ridiculous. Right. Yep. Yep. I mean, God, watching him at Oklahoma, he just he torched people, man. Mm-hmm. It was God, it was a blast. I miss Kyler Murray. Oh well, we got Spencer Rattler. <laughs> we'll be all right. <laughs> Spencer Rattler also from from the Phoenix area. Right? Is that right? Oh, is he? Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. he is. I very there casually, go, man. very casually watch football. I'm not. I mean, I, I like watching the Cardinals, but basketball is definitely my. Uh, yeah, like if I had a choice fair. between um, an average NFL game and a WNBA game, I'd probably watch the WNBA game. Oh, to be wow. honest, those have been a nice. blast. Speaking of yeah. bubbles, like that's been WNBA games have been, been awesome. Some good yeah, ball. I'm a, I, I love the Mercury too, and they're doing well. Yeah, so. that's fair. Yeah. Very good. All right, well, let's dive into some of these trades before we actually fire up the trade machine and and start making some deals here. Um. Mike, you, you kind of touched on a little bit with the free agency stuff, but where is Phoenix going to look to upgrade? Um, like what positions? So I think back. So backup guard, I think is is the vital, vital, vital one. And I think if you look at uh, like the potential of Aaron Baines being gone, now there's still a chance that Aaron Baines comes back. I think he just likes living in Phoenix. It's similar to Australia, so maybe he does <laughs> come back. But I think that backup center position is vital as well. You know, DeAndre Ayton uh, has missed games. He's had a- a- ankle injuries that's kept him out, and you have to have some sort of vital backup center. You know, especially for young guys too, they they tend to foul a lot. Although he has not gotten in foul trouble a lot, it happens, and you have to have uh, some sort of backup guard position, but a uh, backup center position. I will say this though, since I know we're going to talk about it. As I'm watching the playoffs, we just did a series of podcasts where we talked about individual players on the Suns and how they would perform in a playoff series. Basically, how coaches would scheme against them. And, you know, you come back to Ricky Rubio and how he was treated when he was on the Utah Jazz. You just don't guard him. You just don't guard him when he does not have the ball in his hands. And because the Suns are the type of team where Devin Booker can do it all, he can play point guard, he can play shooting guard, on or off the ball, you kind of want a guy that can play off the ball a little bit more with mm. Devin Booker. So in a sense, if you look at the main core guys, like the main five or six guys that are the Suns' core, Ricky Rubio is probably the one that needs to be upgraded the most for this team to hit its absolute ceiling. 
So, you know, I, I don't know that the Suns are looking for that this offseason, but that's going to, like, at some point, that's going to be a goal. At some point, you need a, a competent guard to pair alongside Devin Booker. And like you said, Ricky Rubio's been good in the position that, that he's been placed in. Mm-hmm. But I think just when I look at it from an outsider perspective of throughout Devin Booker's career, if they could find somebody that could could pair in that backcourt alongside Devin Booker, I mean, it, it unlocks a whole new realm of possibility in terms of open shots, in terms of motion on the offense, in terms of the way the whole offense functions that Devin Booker hasn't been able to take advantage of mm-hmm. during his career in Phoenix so far. Right, right. I mean, the team, he really has not played with shooters yet. I think people people are, are – are th- they he was comped as Clay Thompson, right, when he came in the league. That's what people <laughs> thought. Right. And he's not. Like, he's not at all that. Uh, so I think – People don't realize the type of things that he's going to be capable of doing if there was proper spacing. He can really mm-hmm. get to the rim. And that mid-range area, as you guys watched with Chris Paul, you can take advantage of that pretty easily with the right spacing if you have the right guys. And he's one of those guys. So, yeah, I'd like to see him with more shooters at some point of his career. Definitely. So let's say that Phoenix decided to to get splashy this offseason and really go in for it. Uh, they're, they're banking on that that eight win bubble, uh, riding that momentum and pushing for the playoffs in the West next year, which looks to be a pretty tall task. Yeah. What are the sun's best trade assets? Yeah, that's interesting because, and I I, guess we not to cut you off, but, but let's bunch these next two questions together. The best trade assets and the untouchables, the things that are not going to be on the table, regardless of what becomes available in the trade market. Okay, so I think if you look at absolute untouchables to Suns fans, somebody like me, obviously Devin Booker's number one. You don't trade Devin Booker essentially for any anything at this point because of who he is to Suns fans and, and how that matters. Like, you know, maybe there are players that would be better, but I don't know if there would be a lot of players that would mean more to the Suns fan base at this point. There's such uh, There's so much there of us sort of, <laughs> risking our online reputations on defending him <laughs> over and over and over yeah, again. You guys are invested in him, mean, absolutely. And you're going to yeah. see him grow like right in front of your eyes. That's right. That's fun, right? And you know, I, obviously, there's probably guys that you would trade him for. None of those guys are being traded. So essentially, he is the untouchable guy. Uh, to me, when you have that, if you can build the right team, then everyone else is essentially available in, in a sense. But if you had to go the other mm. guys, it would probably be Mikael Bridges and. DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges being the perfect player next to Devin Booker because he can kind of do everything on offense. He's not excellent at anything, but his defense is so, 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 so good, and his IQ is so high, he makes up for a lot of the mistakes that Devin Booker makes on defense. He's the perfect fit next to him. And then DeAndre Ayton, the only number one pick in franchise history, uh, the wrong pick, but still the only number one <laughs> pick in franchise history. Uh, and also, there's he's just a ball of potential, a coachable ball of potential too, which I think is important. I think people don't really talk about that a lot with him. But he listens to his coaches. They're able to mold him relatively well. With a guy like Monty Williams and the type of potential that someone like DeAndre Ayton has, you can do a lot. I, I will say this. I would still trade DeAndre Ayton for the right package in order to pair the right like star, like real superstar or star type player next to Devin Booker if you could do it. Uh, but I'm not sure that any of those guys are available either. Hmm. Makes sense. So so then what are the best assets 
that Phoenix has to trade. I mean, outside of that, it's it's pretty hard because then you look at guys like Ricky Rubio, two years left on his contract, making like $16, $17 million. I'm not sure anyone's interested in that. Kelly Oubre, a young forward, being paid relatively low amounts of money, $15 million this year, but only on a one-year deal and after a meniscus tear. So <laughs> it, it drops a little bit from there. But I think he's probably still one of the better trade assets. A lot of the other guys on the Suns are just not on contract, under contract anymore. He's, there's Cam Johnson as well. And I think, I don't know how the rest of the league views Cam Johnson, but Suns fans are very, very, very excited about his potential and what he can do. Not a lot of players have been six foot nine in the or six foot eight in the NBA and shot basically 40% on threes on a really high number of attempts at, at, at a rookie as a rookie. We kind of look at him as a potential Duncan Robinson type player. And if you can do that and get away with someone like that who's not terrible at defense, it's hard to want to trade one of those guys, especially on a rookie deal until he's 27. True. So although he's a good like booker, yep. Yeah, he's a good asset. I just don't know if you would trade him as so he's but still, it's still another good trade asset if you are. Yeah, it seems trade. like he's almost the kind of guy that holds more value to his current team than his market right. value on the on the open right. market in the league. Right. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. And then the 10th overall pick, and I think the Suns are definitely willing to trade that to try and bring in the right kind of help. Ooh. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that that's there there's one there. You're talking my love language now. <laughs> we don't have enough, Mike. We don't have <laughs> Always enough. Always more. Never we need enough. more. All right. Well, so let's fire up the trade machine, guys, and start making some deals. Before we do that, though, Justin has a quick word for y'all. Support for the uncontested is brought to you by Manscaped. Who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming? Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels they obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience i don't know about you guys but i think we all have a traumatic memory um, where those said family jewels got nicked Uh, maybe there was blood involved maybe a, a 911 call i'm not here to judge but that's why manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer the manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. And they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. That's a lot of ball shaving. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, uh, two for one special. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trim. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by a USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNCONTESTED20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. 20% off and free shipping with the code UNCONTESTED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with code UNCONTESTED20. All 
All right. So for these trades, uh, let's assume that Mike is the GM of the Suns. Uh, Justin Taylor and I are going to be the brain trust that is Sam Presti uh, <laughs> making some deals. And guys, I think we should start with the biggest one and see what where where we end up. Uh, let's talk some Chris Paul. Mm, Christopher Paul. A lot of rumors <laughs> flying around right now. Yeah. yeah, apparently every every team in the league uh, has, quote, interest in Chris Paul. <laughs> right. Seems to be. If Scott, yeah, what I a have, difference a season can make. <laughs> yeah, I have interest in uh, in dating Gal Gadot as well, but we'll see how that works out. <laughs> um, Going to have to attach a few first-round picks. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, just before we even talk players that will be swapped, how much better does Chris Paul slotting into that starting lineup instead of Ricky Rubio make the Suns? In in a vacuum where he can't be injured, uh, <laughs> a very like a lot better, <laughs> like a lot better. I, you know, Ricky Rubio for as good as he was for the Suns this year, uh, I think justified what he was paid. Uh, he can't create his own shot the way somebody like Chris Paul can. And I also, I was talking to Sam about this when this rumor came out. I think there's like a cachet that superstar players have where the accountability they provide to your organization is immeasurable. Players that are role players tend to play harder. Young players understand that they're accountable for the potential last run, last championship run for these superstar legends. And that kind of accountability would be vital to someone like DeAndre Ayton or even Mikhail Bridges or Kelly Oubre, whoever would be left on the team if you actually make that kind of uh, that kind of trade. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think he would make a massive, massive difference. And I'm still terrified of it, I will say, but I, I think he would make a huge difference. Well, you mentioned the kind of the intangibles, the... Um, the leadership aspects. I think Justin Taylor and I can can vouch. Absolutely, for Chris Paul is one, one of the best leaders, not as on a basketball court, but as a human being. I think I've ever witnessed. I mean, just seeing yeah, how he invested, right. and we've talked a lot about this on on this podcast, and but into those young guys, obviously Shea, but even yeah. guys like Darius Baisley, the rookie, the unknown rookie who came out of New Balance, not even a you know a New Balance internship, uh, Lou Dort, <laughs> even uh, who is integral in, in boosting his confidence, especially during the playoffs, but even throughout his entire process, going from an undrafted rookie playing in the G League and then eventually getting on to the team yeah. um, on a two way contract, but not even practicing with the team. You know, Chris Paul was very, uh, very important in kind of coaching Lou up and getting him game ready with him not being able to practice with the Thunder to save those days. Right. I, I think, like you mentioned, a guy like uh, DeAndre Ayton, uh, a guy like Chris Paul really could, I don't want to say, you know, could really uh, encourage him, kind of maybe, like you said, maybe mature him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, not that that's I don't think he's immature, no. but. That's a good word for it. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I've seen the way he talks to, to big men, and I will be honest, a lot of times that is not the greatest way to coach <laughs> uh, DeAndre Ayton. He's, he's a little sensitive. Uh, he probably doesn't want to be screamed at the way he did uh, DeAndre Jordan, uh, but maybe he needs it sometimes. Maybe a new DeAndre will be good for him. Well, one thing yeah. like Darius Baisley always says is that Chris Paul um, taught him how to be a pro. Uh, like long term, and I think right. a guy like Baisley, who's kind of just kind of fun, go with the flow, goofy off the right, court. Right, he might we might have seen that a little more on the basketball court this season if Chris Paul wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's something. Like I said, you can't really measure it, uh, 
but it's there. It's obvious every time. You know, like I used the example of uh, J.R. Smith wouldn't have been effective on any team in the NBA, but LeBron James <laughs> somehow extended his career because yeah. when you play next to LeBron James, you understand what that means, and that means you focus a little bit more. Uh, so, you know, that that's the kind of thing that even a guy like Chris Paul can do. So I think it would make a massive difference. Now, Mike, before we throw out this, these hypothetical trades, just to kind of ease you into the idea – um, a fun exercise you guys can do this offseason is go back to about a year ago when we traded for Chris Paul. Um, Justin, <laughs> Jacob, myself, Kamiar, Nick, we were not nearly as high. <laughs> and I was just about to on Chris Paul. <laughs> right. Just go listen to our podcast when the Westbrook-Paul trade went down and we're all depressed. I think Jacob said, like, get Chris Paul the hell out of OKC. <laughs> I don't want to watch him. him. <laughs> and now go listen to the podcast from, you know, our season recap. Right. And it's like, oh, my God, Chris Paul is such a great leader. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll He's eat my, my crow. But, I mean, Chris Paul just, uh, as as a man, uh, the guy that got the bubble back, right, got basketball back for us, uh, his leadership in the bubble whenever we were facing, uh, like, losing everybody, whenever the Bucks set out, the guy on the forefront of, like, champion the 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 social justice changes everything he's chris paul is a guy that would 100 percent have my vote for political office right. like in a heartbeat he's just he's a natural leader and I, I i really 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 respect that guy a lot with that being said let's trade him <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, justin uh why don't you fire us up um with with the chris paul trade what are you looking at to start with and then obviously mike's gonna Kind of gonna kind of count counter back. Jesus, I can't speak. Kind of gonna counter. Kind of kind of gonna counter us back. Um, but but let's start talking through a Chris Paul deal here. Well, let's be honest. Um, my ideal trade return is some more draft picks. We jo- <laughs> we joked about it earlier, but let's just. It wasn't a joke. Let's just <laughs> stack it high. So it basically comes down to how do you match salary and then give us all your draft picks. Um, <laughs> So, so I think, you know, Rubio makes a lot of sense. If you're going to bring in Chris Paul, let's mm-hmm. go ahead and toss Rubio over to Oklahoma City. Um, if we want to bring in somebody who's got one of the larger contracts on the Suns, but also has value as a player, I'd love to see some Kelly Oubre action. Um, and then you need a little bit of filler, whether you want to do some of the end of the bench guys and pick a couple of them to match the salary, or you do like, I don't know, negotiate something with Dario Saric and and send him over in the trade as well. And then can I cut you off real quick? Sure. What, what do Suns fans or what do you think Suns ownership think about Frank Kaminsky? Is he kind of just a toss in for salary matching purposes? I would like to never see him in a Suns jersey ever again. Oh, so. hell yeah. Then let's throw him in the street. <laughs> there you go. We'll take that money. And and they have the option on him next year, so that's an easy one if you're making a trade. Perfect. To, yeah. So with those Frank three players, Justin, uh, we have a $36 million, uh, coming in for the Thunder, uh, $41 million coming in for the Suns with the Chris Paul deal. So uh, under the 125% rule, uh, that works, and the Suns are adding five so million of salary. Money. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm and not. Then, a, I'm not a cap expert, but I, I. Isn't there a way for the Suns to uh, take some of that into cap space without having to do that deal if it's to trade during the off season? Is that 125 percent rule? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong here, but uh, I think so. So. Like if you wanted to do less players in this deal and then absorb the rest of that money into the cap, right? 
uh, and then not have money in free agency, you can do that. And even if you do this deal and Chris Paul comes in, you could still re-sign guys like Dario Saric and Aaron Baines um, and obviously exceed the cap to do so because you have their bird rights. Yeah, because the the reason I ask that, and first of all, I think that this is not uh, completely out of the question, by the way. Uh, I know you guys saw that interview with Chris Paul basically saying goodbye to the OKC fans, that sort of awkward right. goodbye at the end of the bubble. Oh, yeah. Un- unprompted, he brings up Monty Williams. <laughs> and I just thought that was kind of interesting. At, at, yeah. at, there was no reason for him to bring up Monty Williams, but he did. And clearly they have a very close relationship. Another thing that is a connection here, the assess- essentially the assistant general manager for the Suns is Jeff Bauer. You guys know Jeff Bauer. Uh, I'm not sure if you know him very well, but he drafted Chris Paul. Uh, So there's a relationship there Hmm. as well. Uh, So it's not completely insane to talk about this. Now, uh, it scares me a little bit. Watching the playoffs for the last few weeks, almost every scenario I try to think of for the Suns, I try to keep the combination of Mikhail Bridges... Cam Johnson, and Kelly Oubre Jr. And I'm not sure that there's a scenario where this trade works out that the Suns could actually do that, but that would be ideal for me, hmm. uh, even if that meant giving up draft picks. And I and I want to say there is a massive risk to, to giving up <laughs> draft picks in this scenario because uh, there is a scenario where Chris Paul joins the Suns, uh, tears his Achilles, and then is useless for the last two years of his career, Fair. where he's making over $40 million. Right. Hey, Devin it's cool. Booker he's asks he's out, vegan now. It's fine. <laughs> and then the Suns are terrible, <laughs> and then their draft picks mean nothing because they're not, you know. It's basically what's going to happen to the Clippers, right? <laughs> and the Rockets. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, and the Rockets, right. I don't want to be another one of those teams. So, so look, I, I'm not saying that I wouldn't be open to this trade at all, but I, I do wonder if there's teams that are more desperate, uh, hint the Bucks, right. uh, th- than the Suns would be in this sure. scenario. Uh, but but I'm not saying the Suns wouldn't give up Kelly Oubre Jr. It's just the, the value of a wing, especially when your wing rotation is three guys that are super versatile and don't make a ton of money. Uh, it, it's pretty valuable for a team like the Suns, and and I would I'm not if I'm the GM, this trade would be entirely dependent on the length of my contract. Like if I had one year left on my GM deal with the Suns, I probably wouldn't make this trade. If I was confident that I'm going to be paid for the next five or six years because I have a long term deal with my team and I'm willing to get fired because <laughs> I'd still make the money, I probably <laughs> would make that trade. Uh, you know that that it, it's just it's. It's difficult, and I knew it was going to be coming into this conversation because I love the idea of Chris Paul on the team, but I'm terrified of him all of a sudden being terrible. I feel like it's going to happen at some point. Yeah. Right. Now, I'm not super well-versed in the cap, like getting deep into the the cap rules and everything and the, the CBA. I don't know. Could the Suns technically sign and trade Saric plus Rubio? to like can can they combine salaries in a sign and trade i don't know I don't if that's legal can. or not uh, <laughs> i'm obviously not uh, a cap expert here either but I'm, that okay. for some reason that that's triggering something in my mind that says you can't combine salaries like that but maybe i'm wrong here so uh, but what, i would do that while you guys were talking i uh, was playing presty on uh, <laughs> tradenba.com speaking <laughs> of dario sarge um i have a fun one here you guys ready mm-hmm. ready Ricky Rubio 
Dario Saric, uh, I guess the Sun, according to Trade NBA, it looked like you could, as a Suns GM, you would be able to uh, pick up that last year on his contract. Although I thought it was a player option. I'm not He's really restricted. Sure. Oh, restricted. Uh, so that would be his qualifying uh, offer year, which, by the way, he might have to take if the market that has nothing makes sense. for him. So there we go. So that hypothetically, we're going to say that the uh, he accepts the Suns uh, offer for his, his last year of his contract. Not not to shit on your parade here, but I think if you accept the QO, you can't uh, trade him. You can't automatically trade him. Um, you can revoke any trade. Right, well, then I had Kelly Obrey Jr., uh, Frank Kaminsky, <laughs> and the 2020 round one, number 10 overall pick for Chris Paul. And a sign-in trade, Danilo Gallinari. Boom. <laughs> oh. oh. Three years, 16.5 each year. That's interesting. I mean, if you're getting rid of if you're getting rid of Kelly Oubre Jr. in that scenario, at least you'd have somebody who's a good player right now. The thing is that that constantly worries me about all of this is the Suns are surrounding Devin Booker right now with a bunch of players who are or could be uh, contributing good NBA players that are in their mid to early twenties, and that would be shifting the timeline to very by true, the name much of our older, podcast, yeah, to to a much yeah. much older <laughs> core. Uh, which is just a little bit terrifying. And here, here's the thing. I think what, what Devin Booker did, which is essentially averaged 26 points at 61% true shooting percentage along with six assists, has only been done by guys by the name of uh, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Steph Curry, guys like that. And he did it younger than all of those players. And I think there's a chance that De- Devin Booker next season could like exceed everyone's expectations of who he is and how good he can be. Kind of like for you guys, uh, when the Thunder made the finals before they should have, uh, (laughs) basically surprising everyone. There's a chance that he could do that. Uh, And if you make this kind of trade, you're betting on that happening because maybe that that title window is open earlier for a player like him with the right team around him than you would have expected. Uh, So, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. Like I said, I don't think that I would do it in almost any scenario, unless you can keep all of those wings, because then you're just looking at essentially doubling up Ricky Rubio's salary for an extra year, which is a lot, but I think you get a better player potentially in Chris Paul. Uh, But like I said, for you guys, and I'm not, obviously I'm not the GM of your team. I just think there's probably going to be some more desperation out there than the Suns have. Maybe, maybe there shouldn't be because there's a chance that Devin Booker will hate the Suns if they're bad for one more year. <laughs> but uh, maybe there is in, 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 in a team like the Bucks. Yeah, definitely. I, I think along what Justin was talking about at the beginning, that the Thunder's goal here is to get picks, right? right? Like they, right. they don't care about being good next year. Actually, next year is the prime year to tank. Everybody in the West wants right. to make the playoffs yeah. next year. Right. And the 2021 draft class is good. Next year is the ideal year for OKC to tank. Um, but without throwing in any of those young guys, specifically Kelly Oubre's contract, um, I, I honestly, and, and knowing that Dario Saric can't be combined with something else in yep. a sign and trade, I, I just don't think there's way that the money can work. Yeah, yeah. I really don't. That's so, how I looked at it as well. And if there was, um, I'd probably do it. And I think it'd be smart for you guys too because the chances of the Suns picks being more valuable than the Bucks are pretty high. Right. <laughs> so uh, that would make sense for you guys. And it just depends on the number of picks at that point. Although I will say, you know, when you guys got Chris Paul, you got him with picks. So maybe you guys should be sending some back to us too. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> I've um, seen it. There's a record of this happening. So. Yes. Um, 
I think there is a negative chance Sam yeah. Presti does that. Definitely not. <laughs> Although he's um, got him. He's got him to. Right. to you know, oh, I yeah. mean, that's that's the difference a season makes because that's what we were talking last summer right. was how many picks are they going to have to give up to offload that contract? And now it's now the tables have completely flipped. Yeah. Now it's how many picks are, do the Rockets have to give up to get off Russ? Right, right. And how right. many can the Thunder get for Chris Paul? It's just if Chris Paul was 32 instead of 35, this would be an yeah. easy decision. Hey, he's vegan now, man. Yeah. He's healthy. <laughs> All right? Everything's I mean, the fine. The Suns signed a 30-year-old Steve Nash, and he went on to win two MVPs. That's a good so point. So point guards being in their 30s are successful in Phoenix, but it's just 35. There's not a lot of track records of of guys being like – ultra competitive beyond 35 years old and maybe this this is when it begins because there's like a new era of health and fitness in the nba and maybe this is when it begins but i just don't yeah you don't want to take the bet on it i wouldn't yeah yeah okay well then let's talk about a younger point guard yes let's talk about dennis schroeder yes that's an interesting one well here's what i want to know from you guys first do you not want dennis schroeder to stay on okc is that not something that you would even want I mean, He's got one year left on his deal, right? Yes, um, and he we love Dennis. I mean, seriously, he completely came into OKC and essentially turned the negative image he had that last year or so in, in Atlanta around. Was a fantastic teammate uh, with guys like Russell Westbrook and Paul George and Carmelo Anthony and then PG and Russ and then Chris Paul and Shea. Um, never once complained about being a six-man, at least not vocally, um, accepted his role. Billy had nothing but, Billy Donovan had nothing but high, super high praise for him. And not to mention, I mean, you know, obviously this season specifically, that three-guard lineup was so great, mm-hmm. but Billy still didn't start him. Um, it didn't start that lineup to start games, which makes sense. But when you have a guy out there like Terrence Ferguson or an undrafted rookie uh, mm. like Lou Dort out there starting, you could see where, where Shooter might get a little upset. Like, Coach, we have the best lineup when I'm playing um, in, in the entire league. Why not start me there when these guys, you know, one's an un- undrafted rookie and the other one really struggles to play basketball at all. Right, <laughs> um, right. And he, he still didn't complain. I, I, and I had nothing but great things to say about Dennis. Now, to answer your question, we're pretty much full full tank. tank. Um, tank. We're ready yeah, right. to find right. that superstar um, in, in yeah. the upcoming and- draft to pair with Shea. To add on what Taylor's saying, it's when you look back in Thunder history, uh, since they've relocated to Oklahoma City, Presti never lets an asset expire. True. Uh, at, at worst, yeah. he's going to get a trade exception or something for a guy. Right. And so I, I think in order to accelerate the tank, plus continue the life of the asset of Dennis Schroeder, um, they would very much be interested in trading him. Now, I think Schroeder would be the second shoe to fall. Chris Paul needs to be the first. Right, but if Chris is gone, I think Schroeder is out the door. So let let's assume that you know in this case scenario, Chris has been traded to to a New York or a Philly or a Milwaukee or whoever. Um, what are we looking like with the Dennis Schroeder trade with Phoenix? So I think it's a tough thing where I I don't think he could start next to Devin Booker. Offensively, I really love that, <laughs> and it's hard not to love. Although maybe a little too many mid-range shots uh you know (laughs) for like the ideal offensive point guard uh next to Devin Booker but I think that with Devin Booker's defensive struggles you need a guy like Ricky Rubio defensively to start next to Devin Booker which very much limits the type of guys that you could get in Phoenix but I will say 
if Dennis Schroeder was one of those guys that was willing to come off the bench for another year, then maybe you would do it. I just doubt that he is. I, I But I do look at the league and I wonder like how many teams are out there that would actually start him. I don't, I don't see many that would start uh, Schroeder right now. So I think there's a scenario where in the bubble, the Suns were starting Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson at forward, and it went really well. Like, obviously, 8-0 went really well, but Cam Johnson exceeded expectations. If the Suns are looking at Kelly Oubre's impending free agency and saying, I don't know if we want to do this. I don't know if we want to commit the kind of salary to Kelly Oubre that it would take to keep him, then I think there's like a chance that they would look to trade uh, Kelly for either a forward that could replace him or a player like Dennis Schroeder that would fit or fill the backup guard position that I was talking about that the Suns desperately need to fill. But it's a similar situation where both guys want to start, and it's just a question about what they're willing to do for what teams. Like, obviously, Schroeder will come off the bench for Chris Paul. I'm not sure he would do that for Ricky Rubio, though. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. Yeah. Yep. So I love the idea. Like, if this was 2K... I'd do that swap if you guys would be willing to do that because uh, it's just an interesting idea. But I just, you know, these guys' egos come into play here a lot of times and, and wonder what, what would you guys be looking for for Schroeder? Um, so I, I've concocted one here that uh, that maybe works, maybe doesn't. Um, you you kind of tell me. I have two here, actually. Um, one would be Ubre Jr. to the Thunder for Dennis Schroeder and you guys could take a flyer. I don't know if you'd have any interest in this at all. Uh, take a flyer on Terrence Ferguson, who's going into the last year of his rookie deal, uh, only making $3.9 million. Has proven to be a good shooter, but this past year uh, just was was not good. He is a good defender yeah, as well. And a good well. defender at times. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and add some that. depth at that wing. He kind yeah. of is a very cheap replacement for Oubre Jr. And right. you get Schroeder. Um, I think the Thunder would be looking for a pick in return, though. Right. Um, it wouldn't have to be the 2020 pick, the number 10 pick. It could be like a future protected pick. But I think they would want to pick in return. Would something like Ferguson and Schroeder for Ubre and let's say uh, the Suns 2021 first rounder top 10 protected? That's fascinating. Yeah. Does that make Does that make much sense yeah. for, for Phoenix? Yeah, and I think salary-wise it it kind of fits perfectly as far yeah, as... Yeah, it adds um, $5 million in salary to the Suns. So right. you could even toss in a Frank Kaminsky to, to even that salary out perfectly. And the Suns that's take in no money in that deal. So that's so fascinating. I personally, like I was talking about, with watching the 2020 playoffs, I'm sort of desperate to keep the three-wing lineup with the Suns. So I would say, just just from a general perspective, that I would not do that. But... If there's an understanding that the Suns want to go forward with Cam Johnson in the starting lineup, which to me would make Kelly Oubre Jr. expendable in some sense, uh, and there was an understanding of Dennis Schroeder, his willingness to come off the bench, maybe even playing for a potential future starting spot with the Suns going forward after Ricky Rubio, either maybe he's traded in the future and they make room for Dennis Schroeder in that starting spot if he can prove to be a plus defender at his position, that kind of thing then maybe I would do it. I just think there's so many qualifiers there that I just had to say that it would be uh, like an easy no for me. I just, it's hard to say no there because I love the idea. Like Schroeder is such a, I mean, he's the best backup point guard in the NBA right now. (laughs) Uh, And I would love to have the best backup point guard in the NBA. I just doubt he'd be willing to do that on the Suns. 
For sure. Let's say I, I have another one. Let's say that Schroeder was willing to to come over and play off the bench, but he's going to get like thirty minutes a night. Uh, maybe running even some three guard lineup yeah. with with Rubio, yeah. Schroeder, uh, and Booker. This one I might be stretching, and this is why we have you on the podcast. So you can right. check me and tell right. me that I'm a dumbass and right. that we need to stop. Um, <laughs> what about a Schroeder sign and trade deal with Dario Saric? And I know the timelines don't here don't match up perfectly, but Schroeder for Saric, and then the Thunder and the Suns swap first round picks this year, ten I, for twenty five. Yes, I would do that absolutely. Oh, yeah. I love I like that one. It. So would I. Yeah, that's a yeah. One hundred percent, I would take that. <laughs> we found a winner. Look, look, yeah. look the Suns uh, picked a guy at eleven that was projected to go twenty fifth, and were proven to be correct uh, in Cam Johnson <laughs> this last year. That is a thing that that somebody like uh, James Jones would absolutely, absolutely be willing to do. Especially this. in a draft with so much uncertainty, you know. Yeah, I think yeah. this this draft is the type of draft where from like five to like thirty. Uh, it's pretty flat. <laughs> There's not a massive difference in talent between those uh, two positions. Obviously, the flexibility of having the higher pick and getting the guy you want is better. Uh, but if you had the willingness for Schroeder to come off the bench for the Suns, that would be uh, worthwhile to me, especially because there's a lot of scenarios where uh, Sharich could be leaving anyway. Uh, but I do think there's some value with Sharich. I think he could be a really good player going forward, so it wouldn't be terrible for you guys either. Um, that is, that's a fascinating one. I would definitely do that. Nice. I think, guys, would you guys do that one? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I, I like the idea. I like Sarich at, at that and, point, uh, I like that pick. If the Thunder could swap Schroeder for Sarich and pick number 10, at that point, I'm all in on trading pick number 10 plus one of the future picks that, that don't project to be great, like the Miami lottery protected pick or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, Miami see, picks are worthless. Yeah. yeah can you get, can you get to six? Can you get to seven? Can you get to five? Who are you guys looking and, at that high? Oh, <laughs> oh, buddy! Don't Denny, get him started. Denny fanboy over here. Yeah, yeah. I am. I am the leader of the Avdia fan club, but I'm also my other guys there. Uh, I've really come around on Okongwu from USC. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, he's got some very Bam Adebayo, early Serge Ibaka vibes to him. Uh, mm. I'm really in on that, and then I'm a believer in Killian Hayes. Oh yeah. Which if if Phoenix stays at number ten, yeah, that's the oh, goal. Man, yeah, yeah. I, I think getting Killian Hayes. I know he's young, but if you can develop him yeah. and get him in a good culture with Monty Williams, yeah, and, and, get and two him, years of Rubio, I think yeah. would help. That's a great point. And then after Rubio's gone, Killian takes over exactly. with with a twenty five year old Devin Booker who's just entering his athletic prime, which is crazy, uh, right? Still yeah, two years I, I, away from that. Yeah, I love the idea of Killian Hayes. Uh, I, I saw someone had him comped to like a Manu Ginobili because of the, the, yeah, the fluidness and the, right. the craftiness of his game and the lefty. I'm high on him. So, that I, I mean, it, I think that would be a perfect fit for the Suns. But I would love if the Thunder could snag like him, uh, Okongwu, or Denny Avdia. Those are my guys. I love that. I love that. See, at 25, we can get Poku, too, maybe. That's true. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and very, just uh, seems like a very polarizing guy. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, speaking dice. of Kevin O'Connor, I think he had him uh, mocked to us at 28. Interesting. Oh, nice, nice. We or just had Spencer sorry. Perlman. <laughs> uh, you guys know Spencer Perlman. He's a really great draft guy. Uh, we just mm-hmm. had him on the pod a few weeks ago, and he said that uh, he has Poku as the highest potential player 
on his draft board, like the guy with the highest ceiling. So uh, I know, like you said, though, uh, other people don't. Right, right. (laughs) And other people very much don't. So it's it's one of those things where uh, I'm not a draft guy. I, I constantly say that. I have guys I like and guys I don't. But I like I would not bet my life on him being successful. That's the kind of thing that I have no idea on. But right. somebody like Spencer knows a lot, and uh, you never know. It's an interesting one. Definitely. So uh, I think last one we need to explore. I know the Suns do have cap space. Uh, obviously, they give up those cap holds, and those guys sign elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the interest level in a Danilo Gallinari sign-and-trade? Uh, I think honestly, James Jones really likes tall players who can shoot, uh, because he tall is, white guys who can shoot. Yeah. You got Dario Sarge. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not just white guys. I mean, James Jones is a tall player who can shoot. That's like how he made, uh, you know, his, how he won that's, championships. That's a good point. Yeah. He, he essentially drafted himself in Cam Johnson. That's basically what, what he did. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if they were looking for that. Now, if like if we're playing the scenario out where I'm the general manager of the Suns, I want uber athletic wings to play both forward positions next to Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton because of their ability to play sort of a scramble style of defense. A, 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 a sorry, Toronto style of defense, if you will, or a Miami style of defense where you can sort of hedge and recover really quickly. Uh, so I wouldn't want someone like Danilo Gallinari, but I think there's a scenario where he absolutely makes the Suns a lot better. Uh, it's just not my style that I would want to build around Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. And, and I'm just one of those guys that feels kind of strongly about that style being the future of this team. Uh, so I wouldn't I wouldn't risk it is what is what I would say, especially I'm not sure what he's going to get paid. This market is so confusing. But I wouldn't. Right. I wouldn't put a lot of money towards a guy like that at his age. Definitely, I think the most likely scenario for Gallinari is is a sign and trade to somebody who doesn't have cap space this off season. Um, right. Be, just because there's so few teams with cap space, and the teams that do have cap space either a are not any good, or b not looking to pay Daniel Gallinari for three years. Right. The only deal I could find that would make any sort of sense is if Phoenix agreed to like three-year, $45 million for Gallo, so 15 a year, and you just do a straight swap for Ubre Jr. again, which yeah. is kind of the guy that's been in the center of our talks all night. But the Suns could do that without making that uh, trade, though. They have the cap exactly. space. Exactly. They, they have the cap space, space to do so, yeah. Uh, so. One thing I will say, though, is uh, Devin Booker's dad was a professional basketball player in Europe when he was young, and if, you, if there are OKC fans out there, just Google Gallinari Booker, You'll find a picture of Danilo Gallinari when he was like 17 in like skater gear and Devin Booker when he's like six years old. <laughs> That's incredible. With the, That's with awesome. the two of them. Uh, <laughs> Devin Booker's dad played with Gallinari when he was very, very, very young. Wow. And, uh, That's Booker, awesome. Justin, we find it tweeted from the account. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Booker and Gallinari have been friends for a long, long time. Basically That's since really cool. Devin Booker was a child. So... Uh, I'm I'm not overly against the idea of them playing together. I think there's there's a little bit of nostalgia there that I think they would enjoy it. Uh, yeah, but it's just to me, there's a challenge with building around Devin Booker because of how good he is offensively and how much of a negative he's been in his career defensively. I think he will get better uh, over the course of his career as he gets stronger and older and understands the league a little better and and has some stability. But ultimately, you have to surround him with 
very athletic, good, smart defenders in order to make up for those uh, downfalls. And Gallinari just isn't one of those guys. Yeah, definitely. Again, which is why I think Taylor and I went back to the Jeremy Grant discussion earlier. Right, right. He yeah. just he makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Uh, all Absolutely. right. Well, with all that being said, I think that's all the guys that that we probably want to discuss in Thunder trades. It seems like the one that we could really all agree on: uh, Schroeder for a Dario Saric sign and trade, and the two teams swap first round picks this year. I think the Thunder would be ecstatic to make that deal. Yeah, that's a fascinating one. It's a risk, obviously, uh, one year of Schroeder with the Suns, but I think they'd be so good next year, uh, and it'd be fun to watch. So uh, I, w- I will say this, uh, just if we're going to end it here soon, I want to say I'm glad we're all on the same page with OKC making room for another team to be in the playoffs next year. Uh, <laughs> because ideally, that's, fair. that's the Suns. Yes, yes. Um, man, the West is going to be a bloodbath next year. Yeah. Like what? What Western Conference team is not like actively pushing to make the playoffs? That's the crazy part. It might part. just be you guys, just like you said. Literally, yeah. yep. Mm-hmm. Hey, it I, again. It's the perfect year to tank for the Thunder. Like you could right. not script it any better. Tank, get that number one pick, get Cade Cunningham, and then we'll just come back, and we still got like thirty-five picks after that. <laughs> right, right. I'm ready. I'm I know ready. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it. I I I never let podcasts end at an hour, and I'm sorry for that. But <laughs> is SGA the only like untradeable guy in your mind? Just Ooh. Shea. It, I, I mean, mean, you could put I, Dort there because he makes so little, obviously. But I don't know. You, you know? want to be completely honest? Mm-hmm. You could talk us into SGA for the right price. Interesting. Yeah, I think you could. I mean, I'm not saying I want that, and we love yeah. SGA. Um, yeah, right. But he very much seems to be the number, t- the, a really really good number two if you can find that number one, right? Hey, we need yeah. a number well, two, so. And, and, oh my <laughs> gosh, can you imagine those two together? God, I would love it. I mean, that's a perfect guy oh, that I'm talking I'd become about. a Suns Lank. fan until the Thunder got better again. Yeah. Lank <laughs> and we IQ. would never have to do Blue Chew ads again. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, here's my argument on Shea. Yes, I do think he's going to end up being a number two player on, on a really good team. I think he is your CJ McCollum. I think he is your Chris Middleton type of player. I traditionally am conservative with assets. I'm not rolling the dice and giving up my number two guy in the hopes that I can get my number right. one guy and then go find another number two guy. Exactly. I've yeah. already got the number two guy. I'm right. going to hold on to him and use the countless other assets I have to go find my number one guy. I have That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I, yep. I have a firm belief that the Suns being bad, although was bad for Devin Booker's reputation, it also allowed him to be a super, super, super high usage player at an early point in his career. And that meant that at 20 years old, scoring 70 points, he was facing double and triple teams. That's what allowed him to be the player that he is now. And I think for, for your team, having SGA now, with, with maybe without Chris Paul and maybe without Dennis Schroeder, now all of a sudden SGA can be like a 30, 35% usage rate guy and it will be ugly at first and people will trash him a little bit on Twitter when he struggles. But if you're trying to develop him into the best possible player that he can be, that's a good way to do it. a little bit. That's yeah, a good point. It's, not, it's a good way to do it. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he develops. I'm a big we fan. Are too. We're, we are I, I know somebody um, maybe from The Athletic uh, floated the idea of who says no on a Shea for the number two overall pick in 2020 to Golden State. Oh, um, please don't. Do I that. say no I because say I, I don't want no him in Golden yeah. State. I say no. I know I'm not either of the teams. But yeah, I don't, just, I don't want to see that. Please draft. don't. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I mean, 
if you have the chance to get Anthony Edwards, that's exciting. But again, I don't I don't want to roll the dice right. on on your number two guy hoping you can get your number one guy. Yeah, exactly. Besides that, I think everybody on the Thunder is available. I think Lou Dort could be available, although like you mentioned, his contract may be the best contract in the league. What if you yeah. got like, Pascal there too, and then you have Pascal and Dort next to each other at oh your forward my position? Gosh. Can you imagine how crazy that would be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's incredible. two linebackers. You got Baisley too. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thunder fans are really, really high on Darius Baisley after his bubble performance. Right, he was uh, good, that, yeah. There's a lot of hope in him. People see some Pascal Siaka yeah. in Baisley yeah. as far as the, be able to grab it off the rim and go, uh, a little bit of handle, a little bit of feel for the game. Some pull-ups. Uh, he's, he also just turned 20. Yeah. Uh, very, very young player. And so a lot of Thunder fans are high on him, but I don't think he's off the table um, by any means either. I think in the right deal, anybody for this on this team could be had. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just I, I'm fundamentally against the idea of trading Shea, partially because I'm a homer and I like him. Right. And the other part is again just because I don't want to risk the asset. Yeah. I'd, you have too many other assets to find your number one. Exactly. Guy. I think Shea is probably next to untouchable. Um, Baisley and Dort, right. highly unlikely, and everybody else, free game. At least yep. give him a year to find out what he can do with all that pressure. True. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I right. think that, and I yeah. think that's how the Thunder front office feel as well. Is right. Shea was awesome this year. He had a surefire Hall of Famer, maybe the best thinker of the game ever on his team. Let's put Shea full time at the point guard position where he doesn't have the Chris Paul next to him and really put him under the microscope and see what comes out of season three. Absolutely. I think that that's really the the idea of what they want to see from Shea. Uh, and then if you are, aren't super impressed, you can still deal him after next season before his rookie uh, contract ends and his first big uh, extension kicks in. You still have that opportunity. Yeah. But I think they want to see what does he look like when he doesn't have the, the surefire Hall of Famer Chris Paul next to him. Well, I can tell you this. If Suns fans make it this far into this podcast, they're going to be making <laughs> up a bunch of fake trades uh, for, for Shea. SGA now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, we uh we love Shea. He's uh hey, and if you got Shea and Ubre Jr., you'd have uh two Converse guys on your team. All you'd have that's to do true. is go get Draymond Green. That'd be fun. That's, yeah, that's right. right. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're both gonna pass on that one, yeah. 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 Uh, awesome. Well guys, any parting thoughts before we hop off of here? Nothing for thanks me. Thanks for coming on, Mike. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Always a fun me. time with the timeline, guys. Yeah, appreciate oh, yeah. it. And I gotta I gotta say, outside of the Thunder. I am. I've become a very big Phoenix fan. I, I like the team you guys have. Like I said, I might be willing to give up a testicle for Mikael Bridges. You guys got a really good one there. Uh, he's my favorite I'm, player. I'm very impressed. Yeah, his. Yeah. He reminds me defensively of an Andre Robertson a little bit, right. which I always had a soft spot in my heart for Dre. Right. Um. And and so I just I I'm a big fan of those types of guys. So yeah. Yeah, we kind of comp him to Shane Battier, like that championship level Ooh. Shane Battier player. So I like and that. Yeah, I think I think he can get there. Uh, the scoring has to go up a little bit, but I believe it will. Yeah, he's a he's a very fun player, really good cutter too. Yeah, which, one of uh, the best. Yeah, which which is very very helpful when you got got guys with gravity like mm-hmm. like Devin Booker. So, mm-hmm. all right, well. We will hop off of here. Thank you guys so much if you made it all the way through this episode for tuning in. Thank you again to Mike for joining us. If you guys have not already, do yourself the favor and go follow Mike's podcast. They are at The Timeline Pod. Uh, You can also find Mike on Twitter at Protected Pick. You can find their podcast anywhere you download your podcast from. 
We will be back with you again Sunday night, uh, or I guess Monday morning for those of you who go to bed at a reasonable hour uh, with our next episode. We probably will spend a good amount of time crapping on the Los Angeles Clippers, so you should tune in for that (laughs) because all those picks, man, all those picks for a second-round exit, it's going to be incredible. Thank you to Justin and Taylor for hopping on as well. You guys have a great rest of your week. Have a good weekend, and we will talk to you soon. Thunder up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.